It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to talk day number three of NFL free agency. We had the first two days were the legal tampering period. And now we're into day number three of free agency. So, of course, for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, you know, just trying to stay awake still. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sleepwalking through this entire week at this point. Well, I got something to help keep you awake, Chris. And that something is that the Jets have apparently signed Lara Croft Tomb Raider's younger brother, Tyler Croft, the blocking tight end, formerly of the Bills and also formerly of the Bengals. But most importantly, in the context of Jets fans, he's formerly of Rutgers, picked in the third round in 2015. So homecoming of sorts, he comes back to the New Jersey area. It's just a nice move, sort of along the lines of what we were talking about when Adam Gase wanted Fells a couple of years ago, that reliable blocking tight end that can make a play in the passing game here and there. And this probably spells the end for Trevon Wesco. It very well may spell the end for Ryan Griffin as well. Chris Herndon is probably safe for now, but who knows what they're going to do in the draft. That could jeopardize him. They could clear out everybody, but I would think that this immediately puts both Wesco and Griffin on notice. Yeah, this definitely has to put them on notice. And, you know, it's a small move, just getting a blocking tight end. But combine that with everything else that they've done at the wide receiver position, obviously they haven't upgraded the offensive line like everybody wanted to. Um, that They'll still do whatever they can to tweak it and get better, add through the draft. But adding Corey Davis and Keelan Cole out there, wide receiver, and now Tyler Croft at uh, blocking tight end, they're – the ability to run, especially on the outside, is is going to be greatly enhanced this year, especially running to the left behind Mackay Becton with receivers that can block a, an actual blocking tight end. They're going to, no matter who the quarterback is next year, they're going to be able to run the ball. And they're going to be able to run the ball much better than they have over these last couple of years where it's just been atrocious. I mean, the running game – has been an absolute disaster the last couple of years. And, you know, it's 2021. You you want to be able to throw the ball over, all over the field still. But you need to be able to have some semblance of a running game still, especially if you don't have Patrick Mahomes. Like, the Chiefs can get away with not being able to run the ball sometimes. The Jets do not, cannot. And now they're going to 
<clears throat> they're putting a clear emphasis on being able to win in the margins on the running game in areas where it's not just the offensive line. So uh, it's a little small move, but in totality with everything else they're doing, I like I like what they're doing there. Another move that would be a move that I guarantee that you would like, Chris, and I know this because we've talked about it both on and off the show, and I would like it as well because he's a fantastic player, Keanu Neal. We mentioned before his connection to Jeff Ulbrich from last year when Ulbrich took over as defensive coordinator after the firing of Dan Quinn, and Keanu Neal ended up having his best season as a pro. Well, the reunion could be happening. According to Josina Anderson, Keanu Neal has narrowed his choices down to the Jets and the Cowboys. Of course, I mentioned Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn now the defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, so it's between his old defensive coordinator and his old head coach for Keanu Neal. But here's the interesting part. We would have thought that the Jets would be out on a safety because of the fact that they signed LaMarcus Joyner. So now they have Joyner, they have May, and they have Ashton Davis. Well, the wrinkle here is that both the Jets and the Cowboys envision Keanu Neal as an inside linebacker. So essentially, he would be taking the place of what Avery Williamson would have been in 2019 if he hadn't gotten hurt. We were looking forward to seeing C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson. Now it's possible that we see C.J. Mosley and Keanu Neal instead. I think he'd be a really good fit at that position. I think he'd be a fantastic fit in this defense, and I'm hoping it happens. I know you are too. A fun player, a blossoming young talent, and putting him back together with Marcus May would be really entertaining as well, as would bringing back Brian Poole. You'd have the trifecta of Florida guys in that secondary slash linebacking course. So we should find out soon, but the Jets are very much in this. I joked with you before we started recording that I think it's a 50-50 shot, which there's two teams, so there you go, 50-50, if you're using basic math. But I really do think that the Jets have a 50-50 chance of landing Keanu Neal here. And if they do, it's going to be because of Ulbrich. Yeah, we'll start here. If the Jets want to ensure that they get him, they can. They can uh, definitely pay him more money. I've spoken at length about my affinity for the secondary position. There's only a few guys that like transcend and get into that tier where I'm, if I'm flipping through and I see a game or I will go watch the game pass to watch those guys. And Keanu Neal has been one of those players who I will just go seek out tape for over the years. Um, and that, yeah. So if he signed here now, it wouldn't be the safety. They'd be playing them. It'd likely be using them as the will. Um, but that combination with his athleticism and his hard-hitting ability, I, I I would love to see that. It would be a lot of fun. And you're right, to get him back with Marcus May. And then at this point, you know, you got to think you might go snatch Brian Poole back up anyway, get him here because he's been pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, I'm all for the Keanu Neal thing, obviously. <clears throat> it's a 50-50 chance, like you, your math wizard brain pointed out. <laughs> but I, I would love to see that. He's, he's been one of my favorite defensive players to watch. So I, I would absolutely love to see him in here. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. The other Jets-related news today is that Juju Smith-Schuster did not sign with the Jets. And apparently, the Jets were never in this 
Nick spent over at U Stadium saying that the Jets were thrown out there as a team that was in the mix. They had never even called and made contact. They were not interested. Same thing happened with the Philadelphia Eagles. There was a report by Adam Schefter that the Eagles had offered a multi-year deal. Then there was a follow-up that the Eagles hadn't actually offered a multi-year deal, that Juju's reps had reached out to the Eagles, and the Eagles had more or less said they weren't interested. They reached out to find out if the Eagles might want to get in on a multi-year deal and were told no. So that's more or less what happened with the Jets, too. They reached out. The Jets kind of swatted them away and said, no, no, thanks, we're good. And so instead, he goes back to the Steelers one year, $8 million, turned down slightly more money from a couple of other teams, including both Baltimore and Kansas City. According to Taylor Bashotti, she says that Kansas City offered $8 million with $3 million in incentives. Baltimore offered $9 million with $4 million in incentives. So slightly more money from both, but in the end, he stays in Pittsburgh. I think that's smart. And obviously this will endear him to the fan base, particularly the fact that he turned down not just Kansas City, but the hated Baltimore Ravens. So headline here, Chris, is that Juju stays where he is, that he turned down slightly more money from two other teams, and that the Jets were never actually in this. The headline is he made a horrible decision. (laughs) Why would you go back to Pittsburgh to play with Ben Roethlisberger now? Why wouldn't you go to the Chiefs? They're going to be able to use him in that skill set. He would be perfect for them there. To play the Sammy Watkins role, that would be amazing. You know, uh, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, Ravens, they need somebody like him. They need more somebody on the outside. But they could ab- They need anybody that can catch the ball besides Hollywood Brown. Like Because even Mark Andrews is good in the regular season, but it, it playoffs, he just dropping everything. Uh, the, it was an absolutely awful decision by him to do it. But, yeah, the, it turns out the Jets weren't in on him. They've, like you said, they've been monitoring that uh, wide receiver market. But looks like that wide receiver market uh, monitoring ended when they decided to uh, sign Keelan Cole. I don't hate it for Juju only because ultimately you can't put a price on comfort. And if it was really close like that, it's not like Baltimore and Kansas City were offering a ton more money. I get what you're saying that he would be in a better position in terms of being able to win a championship and playing with Patrick Mahomes. But if he likes it where he is in Pittsburgh, then I think it's a smart move for him to stay because as they say, you can't buy happiness. And if he's happy there, then that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Let's go through the rest of what happened today with free agency, Chris. Kenny Galladay met with the Giants. And by all accounts, this thing could get done pretty soon. Apparently, the Giants are willing to meet what most people believe is Kenny Galladay's price. The rumor is that the Giants are willing to go somewhere in the 13 to $15 million range. And from what you hear, Joe Judge was impressed by Galladay as a person. We know that Joe Judge is big on the character stuff. So if that is the case, then this could get done sometime tomorrow or over the weekend. We'll keep our eyes and ears open. Another interesting development with Kenny Galladay is that the Bears appear to still be in the running for him even after Allen Robinson signed his franchise tag. So that is really bizarre, but it's something worth watching. We've seen crazier things happen. 
Kirk Cousins had his $35 million base salary for 2022 guaranteed today. So all told, Kirk Cousins over the last seven years will have earned $193 million. That is how you maximize your free agency years. Tremendous work by Kirk Cousins and his team of agents. You got to give it to him. And I say this, he's been what everybody expected him to be. A good to very good, but not elite quarterback. He got paid elite money, but that's just how it works with quarterbacks when they're above average and they reach free agency. So good for Kirk Cousins for being able to get paid all of that money. Riley Reef ends up signing with the Bengals after visiting them. He stayed over and decided that that was where he wanted to be. The Bengals were about to release Ryan Finley, but instead they end up getting a seventh round pick for him. Geno Atkins gets released by the Bengals. This is a crazy one. I understand it because he's getting up there in age, but he's a guy that was there for 12 years. One of the best interior pass rushers in the league. And now he's going to go the way of J.J. Watt and have to play somewhere else. Desmond Trufant ends up signing with the Bears, which will offset the impending release of Kyle Fuller. Obviously, Trufant nowhere near as good as Fuller. But now, Fuller about to become available, and so will Steven Nelson with the re-signing of Juju Smith-Schuster. The Steelers had a clear cap space, and that appears to be the release of Steven Nelson. Another good corner. I've said this before, Chris, and before we get on to the rest of the news, whether it's Fuller or Nelson, I'd prefer Fuller, but I'd take either one of them. The Jets absolutely have to pounce on one of these two guys. They are desperate at corner right now. We talked about this yesterday, but they've got nothing. They've got Bryce Hall, who started seven games last year, looked promising, but came off IR, and he was a fifth-round rookie. And bless Austin and Javelin Guidry are there. Those are depth pieces. They do not want to go into the draft having to draft a cornerback high or praying that somebody gets released late. That happened last year with Pierre Desir, and look how that worked out. There's a reason why he got released. If they can get Nelson or Fuller, they really have to do everything they can. There was a report that Fuller's market is supposedly going to be somewhere in the 8 to $10 million a year range. Right now, Steven Nelson makes $8 million. So if you can get either one of those two guys for somewhere in that range, I think you absolutely have to do it if you're Joe Douglas. Yeah, at this point, they can't be turning away players of their caliber. Um, I definitely agree that I'd rather go fuller. Um, you know, Nelson is solid, but again, they have nothing there. You're right. Uh, I talked about it yesterday, Bryce Hall. I know people want to be excited about him. Super small, small sample size. <clears throat> and they got not even Brian Poole is back yet. We just were talking about him earlier. So they got the cupboard is completely bare. Um, you, you know, they're going to address it in the draft, uh, grab somebody. They'll probably get somebody else at some point, whether it's training camp cuts. But It'd be really nice to be able to get one of these guys and just be able to know that you have a player like that there with all the other needs that they have actually been able to fill. And, you know, if they get Keanu Neal to play the will linebacker, if they can just add that one cornerback, they'll be in such better shape when that draft comes to be able to focus on the other areas they need to focus on. 
as bad as the offensive line is on the interior, I think the corners are the weakest group on this team, and that's saying something. So they've got to do something. And they were handed a gift because this was a bad cornerback market. You had Shaquille Griffin, and you had William Jackson, and beyond that, there really wasn't much if you wanted a legitimate starting cornerback. Now there's two of them out there because of the salary cap in Kyle Fuller from the Bears and Steven Nelson from the Steelers. Get one of the two, and then that way you take a lot of the pressure off of yourself heading into the draft and post-draft cuts. Continuing with the rest of the news around the league, Raekwon McMillan signs a one-year deal with the Patriots. Anthony Walker, one of the more underrated linebackers in the league, like him a lot. My friend George Bremer talked about him a lot when we discussed Matt Eberflus when we were talking about his candidacy for the Jets head coaching job. One year, $3.5 million with the Browns. I love that value for the Browns. The Bills signed tight end Jacob Hollister to a one-year deal. He was with the Seahawks. He will take the place of Tyler Croft, who we talked about before. Adoree Jackson, who could help the Jets certainly, is in talks with the Giants and the Eagles. We'll see what happens there. He could go to one of those teams. The problem for me with Adoree Jackson is he's young and he's productive when he plays, and I certainly wouldn't be against the Jets adding him if they can get him on a cheap deal, but the issue is he's missed 18 games in the last two years, so if you were to sign Nelson or Fuller and Adoree Jackson, that's fine, but if you sign Adoree Jackson and you think that he's the answer to your cornerback problems, I think that's a foolish move. Chris Conley and our old friend Jordan Jenkins visited the Texans today possible deal gets done I feel bad for Jordan Jenkins because I always liked him seemed like a good dude and a solid teammate and he always kept his head up and did his job walking into that Texan situation man he may not have a ton of options but I hope something else comes up for him because I really wouldn't want to play for the Texans if I had any choice about it if I was in the NFL right now Anthony Harris goes to the Eagles. Great value here. They got him on a cheap deal, good safety. And so the Eagles continue to try and rebuild a team that was a dumpster fire last year. They got rid of Carson Wentz. They're going into the Jalen Hurts era. And that defense was ugly on top of the offense last year. Anthony Harris should certainly help them. Chris Carson, who is the top running back on the market, three years, $24.6 million. Deal voids after two years. The Jets were in on this one. They were apparently one of the higher bidders, but in the end, Carson stays home with Seattle. The Texans get Philip Lindsay on a one-year $3.25 million deal. I like that move. He's getting up there in age 27, but on a one-year deal, especially when you're the Texans and you don't have a lot of draft picks and you just have to fill out a roster, that's not a bad way to go. By the way, I mentioned that the Jets were in on Chris Carson. So were the Panthers and the Patriots, apparently. So the Patriots not done trying to make moves. And that, Chris, pretty much finishes out what went on around the league today. Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, not too many, really. The the Chris Carson, he got more money than I expected. I, I thought that, uh, you know, right before our free agency started, I thought the Jets could be in on that. That might be, be interesting. Uh, but, you know, I didn't expect that they would if it got to a certain price. And then over the last couple of days, it seemed like it was going to get to that price. Uh, that He got more money than I expected. But he, he is a really good running back, so it makes sense. Uh, I like that for them. But... Uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, just uh, a, a, another relatively low-key day in the free agency world. Chris, let's answer a couple of questions quick before we go, and we'll answer some more tomorrow as well. 
First one comes in from Frank J. DeNike. He says, thoughts on adding an additional wide receiver, maybe somebody like Sammy Watkins. Injuries are a concern, but it would add another piece to the wide receiver room. Honestly, I'm fine with who they have right now heading into the draft. I think Crowder gives you a really good player in the slot who can be explosive. We know that Denzel Mims and Corey Davis can win with their big bodies and they can get downfield. Both are deceptively quick downfield. Remember, Denzel Mims ran a 4.38 in the 40-yard dash. And then you got Keelan Cole, and we talked about him yesterday. Really good all-around receiver. In fact, there was a report today that the Jets really like Cole and that they felt that he was a huge steal. I think at $5.5 million, it was really good value too. So I'm fine with who they got. I'd like to see them draft a receiver. We'll see who that ends up being depending on how the board breaks. I'm not necessarily saying it even has to be in the first two rounds now. Certainly sometime within the first three or four rounds, they should pick a receiver. But I'm good with who they have right now heading into the draft. I don't think they really need to add somebody like Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I... I agree. Uh, you know, I I still like Sammy Watkins at, at, in uh, certain situations. I think it would make sense. Um, I just here I don't know. Uh, and it, partly this is going to sound uh, silly, but they have just uh, you know brought back Jeff Smith, and Vincent Smith, or Cage is still here, and then I expect them to still target and draft somebody. Um, so then you bring in Sammy Watkins and, or somebody like that. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them doing anything like that. I think once you saw the Keelan Cole signing, um, that, that was going to be it for them in free agency, unless, you know, maybe there's some type of special teams guy, uh, with a wide receiver designation, but they're, they're pretty good there. And right now we're looking at, you know, Jeff Smith and Vincent Smith, uh, like competing to be like the sixth receiver on the roster right now. So I, I think they're in much, much better shape than they have been. And I think they're just going to ride this out, except for probably try to add at least <clears throat> probably one more during the draft at some point. But like you said, it's, it's not going to be uh, with that first round pick or probably a, a second round pick. It'd probably be third, fourth or fifth round pick at this point. Next question comes in from David Ebright. He says, why did the Jets work so hard to build up a lot of cap space when they targeted mainly second tier and low price players? I don't think that's true. They got Carl Lawson. They got Corey Davis. They went after William Jackson, couldn't get him. They're going after Keanu Neal now. I think they're targeting their strikes. The reason that they aren't going hog wild is because they want to make sure that the guys they pay are younger players who are on the ascent. That's why you saw Carl Lawson. That's why you saw Corey Davis. That's why you see them going after Keanu Neal. That's why you saw them going after William Jackson. Guys that played four years and are just finishing their initial rookie deal. And then also the other thing is, and Luke Grant brought up a great point, if the Jets do draft a rookie quarterback. This is perfect because it gives him an upgrade in a lot of key areas, but also the Jets still are on solid footing with the cap because even a guy like Keelan Cole, who's a good player, relatively young, he's only on a one-year deal. And we talked about a couple of the other guys, Jared Davis, so on and so forth. So as the Jets get into year two and year three, which is where you really want your rookie quarterback to blossom, they'll have plenty of cap space to play with to really build around that rookie quarterback. And if you look at what, say, Chicago did 
when they went out and they got Khalil Mack and they went out and they got Allen Robinson. If Mitch Trubisky had turned into a better quarterback, the Bears could have made a really deep playoff run. You look at the Bills, look what they've done around Josh Allen. They go out and they get Stefan Diggs. So I think it's a smart short-term and long-term strategy. I don't necessarily agree with every single move that Douglas has made, but I don't think you can really accuse him of being quote-unquote cheap here. He didn't go after every single high-priced free agent, but he made a couple of splash moves that were targeted. And as I said, he's still going after Keanu O'Neill right now, which would be on a long-term deal, presumably. So I think it's actually been a smart strategy, and I don't think that it's fair to say that they mainly targeted second-tier and low-priced players here. Yeah, what's really happening is he's just not just targeting everybody willy-nilly mm-hmm. and just all everybody that the fans know and know a name of. He's targeting specific guys and like specific uh, parts of their career and that can do specific things to help this team. Um, it, it, he's going about it in, in a similar way that I always praise Belichick for going about things like – Judon is a perfect player for the Patriot system. Like Judon is an excellent player for every team. He's best suited to play in the Patriot system. That's the type of things that uh, he always does. And that's what they're looking to do here. And then it's also, yes, he's taking a little bit more of a slower methodical approach here because he's being careful because what you don't want to do is be giving out long-term bad contracts. So if you're going to give out big <clears throat> long-term contracts, even if, like I, I've been saying forever uh, these past couple weeks, long-term really just means two or three years now. But if you're giving that out, he doesn't want it to miss on those guys. As you go down the line, he's building the foundation of this team. You can't miss on free agent contracts when you're trying to build the foundation of a team. Once that foundation is already in place and built and you're just looking to make additions, then you can afford to take a swing and possibly miss on a guy because everything else around them is good enough. Um, so that's what he's he's doing here. But you're right. like <clears throat> He went out and paid for Carl Lawson, uh, who was the number one pass rusher on a lot of people's boards. Um, a, a realistic one because Shaquille Barrett, obviously not an option. He was ready to pay Tooney. <clears throat> he paid uh, Corey Davis. Like he's not being cheap. He's just being very specific about who he's willing to spend money on. He's being picky. He's about who he's being willing to spend money on. And that's a good thing. Uh, you, you'd rather like long road, You'd rather have a GM who's a little tighter with the purse strings on these things than one who's always willing to go over and pay it. And also another thing is I know like this doesn't is going to be hard for Jets fans to hear and to process and like get on board with because everything's just been bad for the past 10 years. Every single part of the calendar year has been awful for the Jets fan. But if there's one part of the season that fans uh, should be okay with being angry and upset, it's free agency. Like being upset your team didn't do more during free agency usually ends up working out down the line. You end up in better shape down the line that way as opposed to just paying for it. And then, uh, again, it 
like you said, it leaves them future flexibility. There's no way he was just going to say, hey, we have all this money. I'm just emptying it all out and then going to hamstring himself for the next couple of years. No, again, last year was the tank. This is year one of the <clears throat> year one of the rebuild. He's not just going to spend all the money in year one. Next question comes in from Damian Shaw. He says, why do so many Jets fans want Jamison Crowder cut? I think this just comes down to the grass is always greener philosophy, right? Yeah, the, the this conversation with Crowder, I'm not, it, it's not so weird where it's ended up. It's weird how it got started because it actually started during the season mm-hmm. while the season was still going on. It uh-huh. was like, oh, move on from Crowder. And, uh, and at that point, I was like, what? Like that made no sense at the time. Um, and then I, as it, this, you know, talk started picking up during free agency, I kept being like, you know, if you're going to sign a couple other receivers, then sure. But you can't even consider it until you sign the other guys. But now I think it's kind of ended up at a place where most people that are talking about cutting Crowder are doing it like, Hey, if we sign Curtis Samuel or they sign uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, then they would uh, end up cutting Crowder. Uh, So I don't think it's as much just uh, Jets fans just get rid of Crowder as just seeing a possibility to uh, to upgrade the team, especially if you were to sign – you know, Juju only signed for a one-year deal, but if you signed him to, for three years, you'd have Juju for three years. And then Juju is definitely a, a better run blocker, seems to fit a little bit what they're doing. So I can absolutely see wanting somebody else to take up that $10 million. Um, but that that started at just cut Jameson Crowder before we were even sure they'd be able to add anybody that that was weird to me. So I don't know. It just comes down to the simple thing that fans are weird and <laughs> say and do weird things. That's a fair point, Chris. While I wouldn't have signed Juju to take over for Jamison Crowder, you could at least make an argument for that. But during the season, there were people that were saying, cut Jamison Crowder. You could plug in Braxton Berrios and get the bulk of the production for a fraction of the price. And I remember Michael Nanny and I just laughing about that because he was texting me statistics and being like, what are these people talking about? And he's right, because in what world do you have any proof that Brexton Berrios can give you anything close to what Jamison Crowder does? And this isn't to say that Jamison Crowder is the greatest wide receiver of all time, but he's a very good NFL wide receiver, one of the top 10 receivers in the slot, I would say. And Brexton Berrios is like a nice sixth receiver. So for you to make that leap that Berrios has shown you enough that he's going to give you 80 to 90% of what Crowder can give you. I don't know where that was coming from. Like I said, I don't want Crowder to go anywhere, but at least you could have made the case if they had gone out and gotten Juju or somebody like that because at least that's a quality replacement. But to talk about it with Braxton Berrios was absolutely wild to me. Chris, last question before we go, and we've got plenty more that we'll talk about tomorrow when we do more of an update on what's going on in free agency and answer more mailbag questions. This one's from Anthony Siglatano. He says, should the Jets 
have called the Chicago Bears and offered Sam Darnold and a fifth rounder for Kyle Fuller. No, I think that's a little much, especially since the Bears were looking to cut him. I would have offered that Leonard Williams fifth round pick, the one that they got from the Giants. I think Sam Darnold has a bit more value than that, so I wouldn't have been willing to do that. However, if the Bears wanted to use Fuller as part of a package for Darnold, I would have been willing to discuss that. But I think Darnold and a fifth for Fuller is probably a little more value than I would have been comfortable with, given that the Bears were on the verge of releasing him. I might do that deal. I, it's, it's hard to say that whether I do or not do that deal without knowing what the conversations have been that the Jets have been having with other teams about Darnold. Like, what are the other offers that were being thrown out there? Uh, because if if if, the, if there was no second uh, uh, round offers being thrown out there, uh, there's no third round offers being out there, then yeah, I'm definitely going to consider that. It's just hard to know for sure at this point. The very big deal, Chris Nimbley, covering the Jets for JetsInsider.com. Thanks so much for coming on and recapping today's action and, of course, answering some mailbag questions with me. Really appreciate it. We will do this again tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. And, of course, everybody knows that if they want to see your written work, it's all available at JetsInsider.com. So what's up there right now? Yeah, I got uh, nothing new up there right now. I had some computer trouble, so I but I'll be putting up plenty of new uh, stuff this weekend, and I haven't exactly decided how I will unfold all that yet. So you'll just have to look and be surprised. Be surprised. Go to JetsInsider.com and be shocked. Be in awe even at what may or may not be up there this weekend, and also follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider, and check out everything going on at playlikeajet.com as well. We've got a write-up on Tyler Croft from the man behind the scenes, the man behind the curtain, Chris Walker. He even put up some video highlights of Tyler Croft, which I didn't know existed. And sometime after this podcast is released, I'm going to put out a piece that I wrote about why the Jets absolutely have to pounce on either Kyle Fuller or Steven Nelson. So all of that will be available at playlikeajet.com as we continue to bring you wall-to-wall coverage of what's going on in 2021 NFL free agency. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.